Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we feature a message by Pastor Edward Anderson titled, Victorious in Christ. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Praise the Lord, saints. God is so good. <clears throat> I, uh, I have a privilege every second Saturday to hang out with my mom. Amen. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't pray, you're in trouble with her. <laughs> One day, uh, last, uh, the last time we went out, actually, we got in the car, and I pulled out just a little bit. Uh, Pastor Edward, oh, yeah, we got to pray. We got to pray. We pulled over, we prayed. Amen. Amen. She understands the importance of prayer. Without prayer, we are nothing. Amen. We're relying upon God in everything that we say and do. Amen. So let me pray right now. Is that okay? I know Pastor pray, but I, I got to pray because, you know, I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. So I need the Holy Ghost every time. So, Father, we thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you. We pray you give us eyes of understanding that we may know what the hope of your calling is and begin to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, depth, and height, and come to know the full love and intimacy of Jesus Christ. So, Holy Spirit, have your way. Rule and reign this place and have the preeminence, God, to speak to our hearts and unveil your word to us in such a way is clear for instruction. We thank you now and praise you and declare it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good. Yes, he is. Good, good, good. Last week I came and I said the gospel is the cure because it really is the cure for everything. Every element in life, the gospel has the answer to it. Amen. And I hope you guys was going into the enemy's camp last week and getting your stuff back. Amen. Amen. You got to go in there and take it back. It was a song we sung at the old church, uh, going to the enemy's cap, taking back what he took from us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Whether it's your family, your friends, whatever it may be, you can go in there and take it back. Because keep in mind, earth is not for Satan and his kids. The earth is for us. Satan was kicked out and put here. So he's really a, a vagabond. He don't belong here. Amen. Amen. We belong here. So we ought to take our, our stands and begin to rule and reign as we ought to, people of God. Amen? Amen. If you guys need a title for a message, it simply is victorious in Jesus, victorious in Christ, because we are victorious in Christ. No matter what it looks like you're going through, you're still victorious. No matter what kind of lies you're hearing from the enemy or your friends, family, the foe, you are still victorious because Christ has given you the victory. If you would, turn in your Bibles real quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, and... Uh, Last week, I got reproved. Someone said, you preach pretty long, Pastor. <laughs> I'm going to be short and quick today, though. Amen. We want to celebrate Sister Mary. I'm going to do it quick and in a hurry. I'm going to be like Batman, in and out of there. But all right? Because God is good, and his word speaks truth at all times. If you're there, it says, basically, it says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God that we have victory. No matter what you're going through in life, you have victory. You're not a victim. Change your statements every time you think you won. You're not a victim. You are victorious because God has given you the victory. Now, if you don't have Christ, you are a victim by your circumstances. Whatever you're going through, you are a victim to it. But if you have Christ, you walk victorious in every aspect of life. Amen. You have victory. Even in death, you're going to have victory. 
Amen. So in life or death, we are still victorious. We win. I said we win, y'all. Y'all kind of quiet. I said we win. Man, I'm going to be upset up here real quick. We triumph. We win victorious in everything we do in life because Christ has given us the victory. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, you have to go there. I'm going to read it in NIV. It says, and, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. <laughs> that means that when Satan thought he had the victory, Christ embarrassed him. <laughs> he thought by putting them on the cross, he had the victory. No, that gave us the victory. Amen. See, Satan don't know you, your mindset. All he can do is watch your actions. <laughs> Only God knows what's going through your mind. God has given you the victory. This system is really a fixed fight. You ever see the fight and say, man, that, that dude just fell. <laughs> it was like a, a, a punch and he it didn't hit him and he went down. That's what Christ did on our behalf. He threw a left and a right and that was it. And Satan went down. But you have to know personally what you have in Jesus Christ. No matter how many times I tell you what you have, you have to know what you have. You have to know you have victory in Christ. Keep in mind, though you have victory in Christ, you have a relentless foe. That means after he lets you go, he's coming back for you. Remember in the book uh, in Exodus? When he said, let my people go, they left, didn't they? They came out of there. But then that rascal Pharaoh, he said, what did I just do? I let him go. And he had an army march after them to get him back. That is the way Satan is as well, too. The moment you said to Christ, you got victory. You went from death to life. But keep in mind, Satan don't want to be alone. He hate to be alone. And Pastor said a couple of weeks ago, he said, our job is to go into the enemy's camp, take back every soul from darkness. If we did that, guess what? Satan and his imps will be alone. And he hates to be alone. Amen. So he's coming back after you. So your job is to have your loins girded up with the spiritual truth of God and don't allow him to get you back to what you used to do. He's already given you the victory. Don't go for that false stuff Satan throwing at you. Close your eyes and walk through life. Sometimes what you see is getting you in trouble. Your physical eyes are lying to you all the time. You just don't know it yet. Because it's a God in heaven, behind the scenes, orchestrating all the events in life. So no matter what you're going through, all things are working together for your good and for his glory. Everything is working together for good. So don't move by what Satan is doing. But we win, saints. I said we win. Satan's main goal here, he's trying to steal your identity in Christ. He's trying to tell you something that you're really not. Identity theft is a major crime in states throughout the world. And especially in California. I don't know about you being a victim of identity theft, but it's happening all over. 
What they try to do is get your personal information and pretend like they you. Then it's your job to go back and try to change that up, which is very hard to do. I mean, one time they got my identity. I go and try to make a purchase. They said, is that really you? Yes, yeah, me. Satan is trying to tell you who you are. But you should know who you are automatically. The word tells you who you are. You are a victorious child of God. They open up new accounts in your name. They even try to file taxes in your name. I had a co-worker. She had a young daughter. <laughs> Not even potty trained yet. She went to go file her taxes. And as time went on processing, they said, this tax has already been filed in your child's name. Somebody took that identity card, that security card, social security card, and filed taxes in the girl's daughter's name. Now, she got to clean that mess up. <laughs> Y'all missed it. See, that's what Satan does to you guys. That's what he tried to do to us. Our record has been cleaned by the blood of Jesus Christ. Our ledger has been blotted out. What we try to do now is get your old identity and steal it and put it back on your record again. Not today. Not today. Satan is a liar. He's a father of lies, matter of fact. Anytime you hear a lie, it was from him. Satan has no ability but the ability to deceive. I said he can only deceive you, but your job is not to be fooled by his schemes and his ploys. Remember when that credit card breach happened? All the security uh, major credit card agencies had a breach of security, so everybody's stuff was out there, right? Your job was to go back and freeze your account so no one can go I be you, who you are. That's what God is telling you now, freeze your account. Don't let the enemy tell you who you are. You should know who you are. The word says who you are. You are more than a conqueror. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. You're victorious, saints. Protect your identity. Know what's in your records daily. Go through and do an annual report on your credit. Go through and get an annual report. Find out what's on there. Anything that's derogatory, you call the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. Let them know that shouldn't belong there. That ain't mine. And then file a claim. You got to file a claim with God as well. Let, let the devil know that don't belong in my record anymore. Amen. <laughs> that don't belong there anymore. John 10, 10. Go there real quickly, please. John 10, 10. The thief. John 10, 10 says, the thief cometh not but for to steal. That's his number one goal is to steal. Once he steals your identity, everything you possess, he tries to take from you. That's why it's critical to know who you are in Christ. Because what happens is Satan is telling you things, your circumstance is telling you things, and God is telling you things. Your job is who you're going to believe. 
Who are you going to believe? Well, we, we know by deduction, the Bible says that God cannot lie. So your circumstances and Satan must be lying to you. <laughs> God cannot lie, saints. Whatever he promised you, he's true to deliver it. Every time. But you have to know who you are. I heard a statement, and I'm going to quote it right now. I hope I get it right. If you don't know who you are, anybody can name you. And if anybody can name you, you respond to any name. I'm going to say it one more time. If you don't know who you are, anybody can name you. And if anybody can name you, you respond to any name. You got that? 1982, I gave my life back to Christ. Rededicated my life back to Christ. I had a best friend there that separated us. The only thing that separated us was states. I wasn't going to the South. So I stayed in California. He went to Winston-Salem. Five years after that, he got married. He said, Edward, I want you to be my wedding, be my best man. I said, sure, why not? So we go to this thing called a pre-dinner celebration. You know what that is? You go out and have dinner. I keep mine. I'm born in California. So when we get there, I'm the first one in line. So I go through, and the man said, boy, what can I get for you? He saw how I looked. My friend saw how I looked. My friend said, he's from California. That was different. You'll say that to boy from California. But again, if you don't know who you are, you respond to any name. I almost had a flashback. <laughs> you remember color purple? It was Sophia. <laughs> Sophia had it with Missy, uh, Miss Millie. Miss Millie said to us kids, hey, y'all want to be a maid? Sophia said like, oh, no. Oh, no. And Sophia got mad. My kids didn't be no maid. And Sophia told her off. And they heard what Sophia said. So they got in Sophia's face. Sophia, she get my kid. She cocked. She had that fist balled up, and she whacked him good. What she said was, "No, y'all don't know what to say. I can't say that first word." Oh, we in church? Hell no, she said. And she cracked him. Y'all remember that story? Again, we have to know who we are. We got to tell Satan, no. No, every time he comes to you, no. No, that's not who I am. No, that is not what I will do. I will not be governed by the forces of darkness because I'm a child of the most high God. If God has given me victory, why should I walk in defeat? Why should I relinquish what God has fought for me to have? He's given me victory over all the power of the enemy and nothing should be able to hurt me. Nothing. Unless I allow him to bring damage to me. And we cannot allow him to take over your life. God said, I have created you fearfully and wonderfully. And Satan says, no, I'm going to destroy that fear and wonderful creation that God has had put in the earth. God put you here for a blessing. For 90 years, Sister Mary's been a blessing. She got 10 more. I think she got 20 more. But she got 10. I'll get 10 in. 
strong today, stronger today than she was, I guess, 40 years ago. Something Joshua said. I can prove it to you. We in the car. I'm trying to be a gentleman. I thought she was 80 years old. She told me she was 90. I almost fell out. She said, Pastor, I'm getting out too. I was like, hold, hold on, Sister, Sister Mary, you okay? Just say it and pray. She got out that car. Yes. Sister Mary gets out of the car with us, and she will pray with those people around us. She has no fear at 90. Yes. And we got people 20 in fear and afraid to go outside. What kind of foolishness is that? She has a fear of God, a reverence for God because she knows who she is in Christ. We go to territory. She, she's not worried about where we go. She's worried about if we're going to have an impact on where we go. Yeah. And she's there constantly praying about things in her community. How shame on y'all. Y'all don't go with us. Amen. And she's right here. We don't go nowhere till she show up. Amen. When she show up, it's time to go. It's time to go. She come on that corner. Pastor. And it's time to go. It's time to go. But that is what I'm telling you. God has created you for greatness. But if you don't know who you are, that greatness will go to the tomb with you. One thing we all have that's equal, and that's time. Right now, that's this side of time, then there's a dash mark. This side don't have a date yet. But that dash mark is telling God and humanity what you've done. What have you done in that dash mark for the kingdom of God? You've been sitting here just taking up space? Or have you been doing what God has ordained for you to do? That dash mark. You've seen them before. At every cemetery, you sit on a plot. It gives the name on the top. It gives the date of birth to the dash mark. That dash mark means that you're going to stand before a holy God and give an account for what you did in the dash mark. Did you go and do what God told you to do? Did you even go to your family and share what God told you to share? Did you have an impact the way God wanted you to have an impact in this world? Or is it just a dash mark? waiting for you to stand in God's presence. The dash mark. Know who you are, saints. Go to Luke real quickly, chapter 15. And I promise, I won't be here long because I got told off last time. Got corrected, got told off, just corrected. There are two boys in the Bible. And one son knew who he was while the other son didn't know who he was. Luke chapter 15, I'm not going to read the whole passage for you. I'm going to read verse 11. And it simply says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. And not many days after the young son gathered all together, he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with righteous living. But I want to go down and talk about the second son. This is a story about the prodigal son, and we always talk about the first son who left the nest. But he left at least one thing he knew about, that he had an inheritance. He knew who he was. 
So he knew what God had already given him through his father. But that second son, the one that stayed home all the time, verse 31 says, And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. The second son didn't know who he was and didn't know what God had already given him. So my question to you, what has God given you that you are not taking full advantage of right now? You know, it could be a sad day in heaven when God got to show you all the things that he had for you lined up. And you didn't take a full advantage of them right here and now. Things you've been praying for. The problem with our prayers is that we don't persevere in prayer. We pray and we let go. If it don't happen in one day, we give up on it. Think about it. How long did it take you to get in that trouble? I shared my, trip, my class earlier. Everybody in this room was born with one belly, right? But somehow I got three. It happened overnight. It was a gradual buildup of all them cakes and chocolate and pies. Well. <laughs> it took time to get this belly. Yes, sir. But it also going to take time to get rid of this belly. I go out and run one day, it's not gone, I give up. That's where our prayer life is sometimes. You got to understand behind the scenes, there are powers and forces that are trying to stop or hinder you from getting what God has in store for you. Don't believe your lying eyes. That's why you got to walk in the spirit. Because God is trying to unfold to you daily what he's doing to you. He's trying to get your spiritual eyes enlightened to what he's doing for you. It's already done. That's why we have victory already. No matter what Satan brings your way, you already won, saints. You won over, there's no lack in your life. God will supply all your needs. You say, but I have a physical ailment. Temporary. It's only temporary. It's only a light affliction. You stay on that word of God, that light of affliction will leave you. <laughs> you got to persevere in your prayer life. You have to pray until you get the breakthrough. Until you see the manifestation of what God has done for you already. See, God sees you already in heaven, saints. The only thing stopping you from being there is this earth suit. The moment we take our last breath after this body, we're in his presence. But you want to go too soon now, because keep in mind, we're going to still stand before him. And I want to make sure I hear well done. I don't want to hear Billy getting in. Well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. You were faithful, Mary, over a few things. Now I'm going to make you rule over everything. Faithful. She is a picture of faithfulness. And see, God always puts somebody in your life to show you how it is to walk things out. So he's put Sister Mary here to show us how to walk out this thing we call salvation. Every second Saturday we go, I've never heard her complain one time. Now, in my heart, I was complaining. Well, confession is good for the soul, y'all. Confession is good for the soul. Lord, it's too early. 
Boy, I got to drive a long way. Jesus, it's hard. But I never heard her complain. She faithfully comes here and she just serves. She serves the Lord. I don't care about going out with us. I'm not, that's not the key. The key is doing what God ordained you to do. Using your gifts, your abilities to glorify his name. You know, there's many calls going out in the world. The first call you're going to ever hear is a call of salvation. Many are called, few chosen. That doesn't mean that God got favorites. Don't get that mixed up. Because people say, oh, he's predestined. He predestined past dairy to be a... No, no, listen to this. The call goes out because God said, I love the whole world. And I want you to go out to that world and let them know I love them. So the call goes out. Now, many are not going to accept that call. That's the first call. The second call is one personal. The second call says, Pastor Derry, I called you to preach. He can say no like I did. I was like, I, I'm not preaching, Lord. But keep in mind, there's always a Jonah experience coming down the line. <laughs> Jonah, see, Jonah was like me. I was running not from Nineveh, but from Oakland. I didn't want to be a preacher. I got better things to do, Pastor Derry. I'm playing me some football. After that, I'm going to be a lawyer. Not in God's sight. See, God knows better what's best for you. You think you know what's best. You think you know what's best. Like when we come to Dayton. You know when we come to Dayton? I thought I had my wife way back then. Thank God I got a knock on the head from the Lord and said, that ain't the one. That is not the one, son. Because we think we know better than God. You know what God is at? God is everywhere. And we are limited to this time and space. So don't think God does not know how to get you out of your situation and into the next step of victory. We go from glory to glory, from one glorious experience to the next. But our job is to believe that God has already fulfilled his promise in our lives. He's already done it, saints. Our job is to do what? To believe him. Believe, then you shall receive it. Amen? What has God promised you? Personally, what has God promised you? And you're afraid to go after it because it's too hard. But the Bible says nothing too hard for God. If you're walking with God, that means nothing too hard for you to do either. You got the entire heaven backing up your earthly affairs. Go to Romans chapter 8. And I want to give you a picture of the church, how we struggle in going before God's presence as we ought to. Romans 8, verse 1 simply says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So if Satan can condemn you, you will be afraid to go before God. You think God will be mad at you all the time. That's what Adam did, wasn't it? The first thing that Adam did after he disobeyed God, what did he do? He ran from God and hid. God don't want you to hide from him. God wants you to have fellowship and intimacy on a daily basis. 
He wants to have them. He created you to have fellowship with him. And then after you mess up like Adam did, you're going to try to cover your own self up. You're going to try to cover your sin. But keep in mind, God don't go for our cover-ups. You know what covering our sin is like? It's like going out, working out in the gym, getting all sweaty, and then go buy a brand new suit and put it on. You still stink. The only thing that's going to cover your sin is blood. When Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing God did was he covered them up. It said he made skin for them. Where did skins come from? It had to come from an animal. That animal had to shed some blood because the life of the flesh is in the blood. So the only way God going to cover your sin up was his blood. Not the blood of animals, though. By his own precious blood, he covered your sins. He did it because he wants us to walk in full fellowship with him so he can understand what is God's plan for my life? What is God's purpose for my life? But if you walk condemned, you will be afraid to go in front of God's presence. You think God mad at you. God is not mad at you. God loves you. And think about it. If he knows your thought before it comes to your mind, don't you know he knows you're going to mess up? He knows we're not perfect. We are striving for excellence. But what Satan will try to do is make you condemn and not walk in fellowship with God. So he will send out little secret thoughts into your mind to get you away from God. But God says, no, you are a blood-bought child of God. You have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And God wants you to know that how much he loves you, saints. I know we can't comprehend love the way that be because we think that our mom and dad didn't love. No, no. God's love is not based upon human love. It's outside that arena. The word says he loved the world so much he gave his only begotten son. So God says that you're not condemned. Then he says, you know what? I'll give you an invitation. Hebrews 4.16, it says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Woo! That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But we have to understand Satan cannot continually tell you who you are and what rights you have and privileges you have. God said, come boldly. But all he wants you to do is clean up your act. Just say, look, I messed up in this area, and now come before him. It's very hard to have confidence in God when you know personally there's something wrong in your life. It's very hard. But God said, I want, to have you, I want you to have confidence in me, confidence in my word. Because when you have confidence in God, there's nothing that you not be able to do. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. But if you're walking around condemned, you won't think God hears you. Now, that's a big difference between condemnation and correction. God will correct you. Let me prove it to you. Go to Proverbs 28, 13. God will correct you. And I hope you correct your kids. In this era, a lot of folks ain't correcting their kids. They correct, the kids are correcting their parents. Amen. 
God wants you to know that you are beloved. You there? It says, he that covered the sins shall not prosper, but whosoever is confessed and forsake them, he should do what? Have mercy. God will give you mercy and grace if you confess, Lord, I messed up. That's all I did. I messed up. You know, in my household when I was growing up as a kid, if you thought about telling a lie, you was in trouble. If my mom, I mean, it's like, don't, it's that look, it's that Sophia look. We can't get away with anything. We tell the truth. Got the beat down, but we told the truth. You tell a lie, you get a beat down, then you get another beat down. For the lie, you told. God wants you to be clean in your conscience. And the reason why is because you can have boldness when you have clean before God. There's no accusation Satan can put against you when you're clean with God. What are you going to say to you? Look at her now. She messed up again. No, no. She's clean before God. And that's all. He's trying to heap up condemnation upon you so you won't come before God. You will run from God. Think about all the Christians in the world. Those who say, you know what? I don't need church. I don't need church. You know why they don't need church? Because they know they're going to hear the word of God in church and they got to do something about it. So they continue to run from God. They continue to run away from God instead of running to God. See, Satan is the master deceiver. You think you don't need church. Okay, 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 okay. Let me tell you what it's like. It's like taking my wife to the golf course with me. Never took a lesson in her life. The ball is not going anywhere. You must understand that God has given us pastors for instruction in righteousness. Instruction on how we should live our lifestyle. And then after you learn the game of golf, you need to practice. I've been practicing, Brother Joe. I'm ready for him. Yeah, I'm ready for him. I'm ready for him. We went out. <laughs> we went out first time. He was, he was killing me. Beat me down. Second time, I got one day of practice in. But you wouldn't know it. You know why? I got on the tee box, and the ball went right over there. <laughs> and Brother Joe felt sorry for me. He said, uh, Pastor, take a mulligan. A mulligan means that it's a do-over. He said, just do it over here. Just do it over. I'm ready for you now, brother. I got some do-overs, all right. But that's the mercy of God. You mess up, God said, I'm going to give you a mulligan. You can do it over. Woo! That's the mercy of God, y'all. God is not trying to condemn you. God is there trying to love on you. He desires intimacy on a daily basis. He desires for you to walk with him and talk with him. He wants to tell you things in advance of what's going to unfold. But how are you going to know his voice if you don't spend time with him? My sheep hear my voice. A stranger they won't follow. Who are you following, saints? Who are you following? You know what's funny about these phones? They only respond to your voice now. Once it's programmed, what's her name? Siri. No, 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 I ain't got Siri. I got the other one. What's her name? Lexus. Lexus only responds to me, to my voice. Has God heard your voice lately? 
Has God heard you talk to him about what your needs are? You know what's funny about most folks? They'll do it, they'll mess it up, then they'll pray on the backside of the mountain. Instead of praying up front to ask God to give you guidance and direction. Because he wants to give you guidance and direction, saints. He wants you to walk in complete and total victory over every facet of your life. But are you walking intimately with him as you ought to? You got victory, saints. You have the victory, saints. Go to Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to shut it down. My first closing. (laughs) Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to begin reading in verse 28. Romans 8, 28. Very familiar passages we have here. You there? For we know that all things work together for good. We can pause right there. No matter what you're going through in life, it's going to work out for your good. It don't feel good, but somehow it's going to work out for your good. My wife got diagnosed. I was like, this ain't going to work out for good, Lord. That don't look, it doesn't make sense. Your word says this, and my wife is going through this. Like a total contradiction. But keep in mind, God is outside of this, what we see. We got to begin to believe that all things will work together for good. So my heart now got to be embedded in this truth and not her circumstances. (laughs) You have to get to the place in your life that nothing else matters but what God's word has said. So it says that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For we know he did, for no, he did also predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. So God is not going to finish until you look like Jesus. That he might be first born among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, the call of salvation. Whom he called, he also justified. Now look here. You've already been justified. You are just before God. Not based upon who you are. Based upon who Jesus is. See, we got this thing that when we come before God, God really don't see you, Tracy. He sees Jesus in you. That's why he gets into God's presence. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. Key. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against a child of God? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How should he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's leg? Satan can't even put nothing against your account. Who is it that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercessions for us. There's times where I don't know how to pray, but I guess what? I got an attorney in heaven saying, Father, I've been through what he's going through. He's speaking on my behalf. He's interceding for me. Key verse. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, 
shall famine, distress, persecution, nakedness, peril, sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We are. The entire, we are, a believer is more than a conqueror. You are victorious. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. Woo! Nothing can separate you from God. Now watch this. You think it's you pursuing God, but actually it's God pursuing you. Because while we were yet in sin, he died for us. What kind of love is that? What love? She said, what love got to do with everything? That's a foolish song. Love got everything to do with it. He died because he loves us. He loves you enough to get you out of your stuff that you in. Even when we mess up, God says, you know what? I'm going to get you out, baby. Don't worry. Little by little. But since he's so wise, he's going to correct you in the process as well, too. But know this, too. This, too, shall pass. No matter what you're facing today, that's not looking right to you physically, this, too, shall pass. It's only a light affliction. But it's waiting out an eternal plan of glory for your life. A light affliction. And don't be amazed because your brethren are going through the same things you're going through. You know why? Same devil. <laughs> he has nothing new under the The same tricks he did with Adam, he uses on me. Nothing new under the sun. Deception. But God did not leave you alone, saints. God gave a thing called the precious Holy Spirit. And his job simply is to lead you, to guide you, to instruct you, but also convicts you as well, too. He'll correct you. But he left him as a deposit saying, you know what? You're not never alone. I'm always with you. Even until the end of time, I will be with you. But you personally got to know who you are in Christ. You got to know that I am a child of the Most High God. And nothing can separate me from God. Nothing. His love eternal is a done deal, saints. We win. I said we win. We win. We win. I'm done. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to today's message titled Victorious in Christ by Pastor Edward Anderson. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church, our events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. On our media page, you can catch our live-streamed worship service, which is broadcast every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash abundantlifeworship.net 
Or even better, you can join us for a live service any Sunday morning. God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.